Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Here we go to tie the game. Jones throwing for it, and it is knocked away. Deion Lewis and Antoine Winfield contact. There's a flag in the end zone. Did Winfield get there too early? Wow, that is close. That is close. It missed like a fraction of a second. There is no foul for defense pass interference on the play. <laughs> that was good. I love when you can hear the guys yeah, go yeah. nuts, yeah. you know, with the referee mic. We have so much to get to, including that play mm. that I want to ask you guys about. Uh, I just want to also share the fact before we get Jason Fitz on that I, I just this just this just came to me. Okay, hit me with it. There's a really good chance in the last couple of days I was doing the same thing that Kingsbury was doing out in Arizona. Careful. He had a bye week. Yeah. Probably sitting by that fire pit. Yeah, yeah. And last night I was by the fire pit. Yeah. On a 48-degree night okay. in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Well, first of all, let's not put yourself in King, Cliff Kingsbury's shoes because he was obviously out and about probably gallivanting, you know, probably smoozing with the locals, if you will, a little bit. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's got a lot of things <laughs> to worry about besides just sitting by himself by the fireplace. It wasn't just him, okay? The, the, the guy's probably dating Instagram models, a Victoria's Secret fashion model, whatever. Like, the, the guy's in another echelon, Brent. But it's really cute how you compare yourself to Cliff Kingsbury. But let's, let's keep it within reality, please. Yeah, I mean, listen. And plus, I'm he, perfectly he, happily married. No, I mean, for sure. He's not. That's but the only difference. No, he's using propane, right? A little more expensive. You're using wood. Yeah, I did. I did do that. Yeah. I think I, that was a good burn last night, too. Yeah? Good one? Yeah. I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. Last night would have been perfect for the fire pit. Now, once again, for the fire pit. Once again, you're in Florida, though, right? And you're in Jacksonville because in a couple days, according to my calculations, it's going to be like 85 degrees outside. <laughs> so kiss that fire pit goodbye again. you got to take advantage when you can. Two or days per year. sweatshirt and a Two fire pit last night. Two days per year you can use that thing. Uh, one other note. Uh, it, it, Josh Scobie just answered our question. I saw in one of the games this week it was delayed because they were trying to get the kicking ball on. Yeah. And I feel like I've been around this long enough. I should know why they use a kicking ball. Yeah. But it came to light that why do they use a kicking ball? Yeah. I don't get it. I told you. Well, Scobie said same reason there's a QB ball. Makes it easier to do your job. They are broken indifferently before the game. However, both balls come out of the box the same. Did I not tell you that? Did you? I said the I exact forget. same thing. Okay. I, okay. I didn't believe you. Okay. Let's welcome How Jason much pay Scobie for that? Uh, it's for free, free, man. Okay. Okay. Uh, just a golf tip, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, Jason Fitz joins us from ESPN Radio every Tuesday. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm just trying to figure out if Austin Lane knew that because, like, he sat back and had a conversation with kickers and punters about it or if he just knew it because he was rolling his eyes at kickers and punters for wanting their own special ball to no, kick with. Come on. No, we all know you made fun of him. No, no, Jason, let's not get it twisted. I always hang out with the kickers and the punters for one reason only. Back during training camp, back when it was real two-a-days, they all had the couch to themselves, and I was cool with them, so I actually got to kind of share the couch with them and sleep on it. Josh Scobie actually introduced me to the movie Titan. Panic. Never saw it before until training camp of 2011. Josh Scobie introduced it to me. I appreciate him for that. So, Jason, there's nothing like a bond between a, a man and another man watching Titanic for the first time. <laughs> so, with that being said, I have nothing but respect for all the special teamers out there. Who held who during the ugly cry? Because if, if two men watch Titanic together on the couch 
and one's not suddenly embracing the other with an ugly pride. You didn't really watch it. I'll tell you what, man. I was kind of like, this is kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb. And toward the end, when he's in the ocean on the on the door thing, I'm like, dude, just climb up. Just, you're right there. You just got to climb up. And he couldn't do it. And he froze to death. And it was emotional. And then I had to go to practice like a couple <laughs> yeah. minutes later. And I had to go yeah. hit grown men. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. cause violence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right after. And, and way, to, way to give away the ending and not tell anybody about the spoiler hey, alert. Listen, Come on. That thing came out in 1999. If you haven't seen it yet, that's on you. Okay, I don't feel sorry for you. That's on you. Oh, man. Oh, God. Jason Fitz, uh, you got the fire pit rolling up there? <laughs> oh, man. In, in Connecticut, it, it's got, like you said, 48 degrees. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice, you know, warm day at this point. Like, the tides have turned, gentlemen. We're into winter. It's coming. The winter is here. This is where, like, you just get up and you embrace the gray and you're just like, hey, Let's use that hour and 15 minutes of sunlight we're going to get today and just try not to freeze our tails off. That's all you do up here. That's why everybody gets angry. Yeah, listen, I have a pet peeve about what happened last night in the game, in the Monday Night Football game at the end. I don't mind that it's not pass interference as much as why do officials throw the flag? Like, what did they see? And I want to know the conversations at what they were talked out of. Is that just driving me nuts? Like, if you saw something enough to throw the flag, the only reason I believe that that flag should be waved off is if a ball is tipped and you call pass interference and yeah. somebody else noticed that it's tipped, so therefore pass interference doesn't exist. Does this drive anybody else bonkers like it does I, me? I, I, I won't say it drives me crazy, but there is a moment where I do think that it's a fair question of why the NFL hasn't looked at the XFL policy. I thought one of the most interesting things that the XFL did in their broadcast was actually having the mic'd up review rep, for example, to sit back and say, okay, I'm looking at it from here. I'm looking at it from here. Don't see it from this. All right. Like you couldn't argue about an XFL call because you heard the way it was made. Right. So uh, to your point, if we, if I know the NFL never wants to do it, but if they really mic'd up the reps and we could hear one guy say, Hey, Hey, Hey buddy, but no, you missed that one. Like at least we know, what the process was like for everybody. Because I'm with you. I think you open the door to the concept of conspiracy theories when you're not completely transparent and you have something where a flag goes down and then a flag's picked up. If I was a Raiders fan, uh, if, as a Raiders fan, if that was a benefiting call, I'd say, well, it was great. And if it was yeah. an anti-call, I'd say, the refs hate us. Yeah, and I say it as I didn't even have a dog in the fight. You know, yeah. so, and well, actually, we kind of do. We're trying to get the Giants to win number two so the Jags can be in that number two hole uh, for the um, for the draft order. So I guess I kind of have a dog in the fight. Jason Fitz with us from ESPN Radio, 7 to 9, uh, Spain and Fitz. And, uh, like, do you pre do you do a show every day? Like, are you doing a show around Election Day? you got a Monday night football a co before college game day. I mean, do you have, like, an Election Day show? Well, no, no. The, my election day show, like we, Sarah just flat out came in and said, "Look, I'm not working on election night, so I'm gonna have some fun with everybody tonight." But no, the only thing I'll be doing is Spain and Fitz, and the one thing I'll promise everybody is that we won't talk about the election at all. Because I figure if you're coming to ESPN Radio tonight, like then you have made the conscious decision to avoid election results. I'll, I'll help everybody with that as much as I can. Yeah, uh, we yes, tried the, to do the same. The beacon of distraction. Uh, yeah, we've tried to do a similar thing. Although there might be a mention or two. Can't help ourselves yeah, yeah. on occasion. Uh, it does feel like a sporting event that will happen uh, t later tonight uh, all across our TVs. Jason Fitz with us. Hey, I just said this to Austin, and I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this. I'm reading what Bruce Arian says about Antonio Brown. 
and he's going to play most likely against the Saints. And he's just said something to the effect of, hey, might play 10 plays, might play 35 plays. If you think he's going to play 60 plays, well, don't expect that. It's not happening. I feel like I'm interpreting the tone of Arians to be like, he doesn't love the idea that Antonio Brown is playing for his organization. This was a Tom Brady thing. I think we all know that. But do you get that sense as well that Arians is a little on edge about the fit here in Tampa, especially now that they're 6-2? and two? Well, I think, you know, there's a real conversation to be had about Bruce wanting Antonio Brown in his locker room because he has been a champion of diversity and you know, like I said, I mean, we actually had Bruce Arians on Spain and Fitz last week uh, as he was being honored uh, by a, a, a group that honors people that bring diversity to sports. And, you know, the fact is he's hired more women than any other head coach to work in his organization. He hires minorities without question. He goes in and says, hey, this is going to be a diverse room. And, and as a result, we're going to be able to get the best coaches, no matter what they look like, no matter where they're from. And I asked him about in the process of the interview, you know, about whether or not women are accepted in professional locker rooms. And his answer was very, very clear in his locker room. Heck yeah. I think it's difficult as a concept to have somebody that is currently undergoing civil charges for sexual assault coming into a locker room. Like if I'm Bruce Arians, who's made it clear in the past that he wasn't really interested in going down this path. Now he's there, right? I mean, if I'm Bruce Arians, yeah, I'm mad about it. And yeah, I'm frustrated. I have to answer these questions because I think a lot of people are taking some uh, – some. they're dulling the shine a little bit around uh, B.A. specifically because of this signing. So, boy, I hope it works for them because I want Antonio Brown to be sane and I want his mental health to make him stable. But the other side of it is but either way, you've opened yourself up to a level of questioning I don't think Bruce Arians wanted to be anywhere around it, rightfully so. Jason, I don't do a lot of social media at night because, as they say, the freaks come out at night, so I try to stay off social media as much as possible. But I happened to be on Twitter last night, and I was scrolling through, and I saw that you were doing a show pregame for Monday Night Football. Now, during this show, uh, you were breaking down the, the top five favorites to win the MVP, I believe it was, like the top five best players in the NFL right now. Now, Derek Carr was number five, and that was kind of a homer pick. We won't get into that one a little bit. But I think the overall consensus of number one was obviously, indeed, Russell Wilson. I mean, is it a foregone conclusion? Conclusion now that Russell Wilson is probably going to win the MVP the way that he's going right now, or should we not sleep on Patrick Mahomes and what those Kansas City Chiefs are capable of? Well, you're a thousand percent right that we were talking about it, and I think Dan Graziano in the show made a really good point. Mahomes has become a little bit like LeBron and Jordan, right? Where mm. all of a sudden, I mean, he could be the MVP every year for the rest of his career. People just get bored with it for whatever reason. So I think the, the two things that have really changed is that Seattle's defense is awful. We all know that now, and they're still winning games. They're winning games because they're let, letting Russ do the work. And then because everybody has talked so much about Russ never getting an MVP vote in the past, and what people are doing now is they're paying attention to Seattle. And as a result, they're seeing what Russ has been doing the last couple of years. They're just seeing it on the highest possible stage, doing it in the biggest possible way. So, you know, they, there is no doubt in my mind that right now, clearly it's going to be Russell Wilson. But it feels a little bit like the NBA mindset where it's like, well, it's going to be Russ because it's time, not because he's uh, the best player. Because I still think if, you, if you're telling me i got one guy to play this season, we're going to do a fantasy draft, I can pick any one player in the league to have on my team, it's going to be Mahomes. I mean, to me, he is still the best player in the NFL. But there's too much momentum for Russ not to get it. By the way, I will point out, better passer rating than Brady and Breeze, higher completion percentage than Mahomes and Rodgers, more put, passing touchdowns than Kyler, Lamar, better touchdown-interception ratio than Russell Wilson <laughs> I know against we're going. the toughest schedule in the entire NFL. Derek Carr, baby! 
Derek Carr. <laughs> Twelve fantasy me. points from this week, by the way. <laughs> you just, you well, just, you, know, you just teed up Austin Lane because well, he had this on the agenda. Listen, well, yeah, this is part of the agenda, right? And listen, I, I, I'm not going to say fake news or anything like that. Like, yes, Derek Carr's he's, he's, a, he's a okay quarterback, right? And you're, you're a Raiders fan. I get that last night. I was surprised to see Derek Henry in the top five. Can you imagine a running back? Derek, uh, Derek Henry. Uh, Derek Henry's oh, top Derek five. Henry. Can you imagine yeah. a running back winning MVP in this era, <laughs> in, in this climate? Come on now, Fitz. My question to you, man. Hey, Kyler Murray, where was he at last night? Wasn't he in the top five? Explain yourself. If, if look, if, if I was legit putting together my top five, Kyler Murray would be in there and probably oh, come on. There, it is. And, there it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, he would be. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing: when Diana went with Derrick Henry, I was like, if we're gonna go homers, you know, <laughs> I'm putting Carr in at five. Like, if, you know, she covers the Titans a lot and uh, obviously knows that organization well. But I'm with you. A running back's not gonna win it. I don't care what he does this year. And, and the other with with Kyler, this is simple, guys. Like. I thought that Kyler Murray was going to get shut down this year, and I thought I'd be able to go all around and prance about how right I was that he's not going to be a great NFL quarterback, and all he does every Sunday is make me look dumb. So he's absolutely, I think, who are the Cardinals without Kyler Murray? I mean, what Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals have done with Kyler is absolutely, to me, uh, unbelievable. So, yeah, he's going to put himself in that conversation. Fitz, I mean, Jason, I just called you Fitz like, like I've known you for like 10 years now. Sorry oh, about that. Jason, you, you yeah. <laughs> Jason, so everybody. You got enough. Okay, like, cool, I, cool. I have to remind people I have a first name. So, yeah. Okay, always, cool, always. cool. Uh, but, Jason, so I got to ask you then, like, honestly, with defense this year, um, it's non existent, right? But there's so some pretty good defenders out there. You got Aaron Donald, nine sacks right now. Miles Garrett, nine sacks as well. Like, do you think a defensive guy should be considered, or is it just it's so offensive driven this year where you can't even mention Aaron Donald? You can't even mention Miles Garrett. Well, here's the thing. If if the Rams were just a little better, I think there'd be momentum for Aaron Donald. And mm-hmm. I, it's unfortunate, guys. Like, I mean, genuinely unfortunate. We are watching what's going to end up being one of the great defensive players, I think, of all time. And we barely talk about him to the level he deserves. I mean, there is just sort of in a Madden rating world, there isn't a rating high enough for Aaron Donald, and there isn't an impact rating high enough for Aaron Donald. Should he be in the MVP conversation? Heck yeah, I don't know. I don't have an MVP vote. I don't know why MVP voters refuse to acknowledge the defensive side of the ball because no Aaron Donald and that Rams team is going to be particularly trash. So uh, I, he should be in that conversation. It's just never going to happen. All right, it's called the check mark or no check mark game. This is what we do every Tuesday, second year quarterback report card, and we are losing guys left and right off this list, <laughs> Jason Fitz. So this is based on a week by week performance. Yeah. So Kyla Murray, I mean, well, well, does he ahead. get a check mark? Well, I mean, no, he's on, on a buy. Hang on, he was on a buy, but he also he's doing this whole voting campaign for the NFL. You see that commercial? He I was did doing? see that. Right, he had, he had yeah. his deep voice telling guys to vote and everything. Two check marks, Brent. Two uh, check hey, marks. Uh, unless you're saying don't go out there and vote, what are you saying right now? Are you, are you trying to support people that vote or not? Well, man, I'm trying to figure out if Austin Lane is actually talking trash about people that don't have deep, sultry voices now because some yeah. of us some of us only have what we got genetically, all right? So <laughs> not giving a check mark for sounding cool. Well, no, I'm not going to check mark. I'm just saying, listen, when, when you're about six feet tall and you, you can't be this tall to ride the ride and you have a deep voice like Marvin Gaye, <laughs> I got to ask you questions, man, all right? Like, I think you're trying a little too hard. I think that's really his genuine voice. I think that he's the quarterback of the Cardinals. He's got a lot of swag, and I think that he tries to have a deep voice on purpose. Just saying. Check mark for civic duty. There, there it is. is. You uh, better believe uh, that. He, he, 
you want a reason that, that he's going to end up in the MVP conversation and you want a reason he gets a check mark. look at their schedule coming up. Yeah, they have the Dolphins who are pretty good, then the Bills who we don't know. But you look past that, they've got the Patriots, the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Rams again. Like, they have the opportunity to get a lot of wins. You win 10 games in Arizona, you get a check mark. And he's got, I mean, that's going to be cakewalk. I like it. That's a lot of fantasy points, too, for the team, Brent. Yeah. yeah. Daniel Jones, by the way, looked good at times last night, but uh, doesn't deserve a check mark, right? I mean, is, uh, do you think they go shopping for a new QB? Yeah, I, I think they probably do, you know, and I, I would love to see a little bit more patience for the quarterback position in general, but man, you want just careless with the football and watching it last night, the number of times, like, just take the sack for the love of God, just, <laughs> just get that, like, take, take the hit, lay down, uh, like, cry like a little girl, do all those things that I would do in that moment. It's fine. It's better than an interception. And it's crazy, like, all somebody has to do is tug at his jersey, and he's like, all right, well, I'll just one-handed fling it up in the air, say seven Hail Marys, and we'll see where it goes. Like, I just – I don't understand an NFL quarterback doing that, especially somebody that the, the book on Daniel Jones was the reason to take him is because not only is he athletic, but he's incredibly smart. Well – Smart people do dumb things. He just happens to do it a lot during football games. Yeah, you can't do that and go to Duke. I mean, you just can't make some of those <laughs> throws. I, I just don't get it. Brett, go, come on, man. Just let that, put the whole Duke thing out of it. It's it, Kyrie Irving went to Duke and they still with Earth's flat. <laughs> so what now is he Duke bringing the point table? There and like, what is Duke bringing the table? Maybe he's smarter than everybody else. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't I like Jay Will's a buddy. He went to Duke. I still, you know, I still think that I could beat Jay Will in a common trivia contest. Don't tell him there I said that. <laughs> there it is, man. Stop putting Duke on a pedestal. All right. right. Dwayne Haskins doesn't get any check marks. Didn't even get traded for crying out loud. Uh, Drew Locke uh, gets a check mark this week, right? That's a nice comeback win. Yeah. No, no. I, I awesome. You had a comeback win against the Chargers. So you know, that's like me saying I dunked on a five-year-old <laughs> on a two-foot rim. I mean, the Chargers find ways to lose games. Like, Drew Locke belongs in an Entourage movie remake, not on a football field. He's a liability for the Broncos. Like, no, they do not have their quarterback. No check mark for Drew. Wow. I'm not even going to ask you about Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah, don't by, go by the way, I saw the, the Chargers had the last four games, they've blown 16-point leads. and Well, they lost three of those four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jags, they end up th- beating by 10 31 after one guesses the which one they won. Yeah. I get it. Uh, All look, right. I'll, I'll steal this from Sarah Spain, who said smartly last night, even in an NBA game, a 16-point blown, blown lead four games in a row would have everybody stop in their tracks. In an NFL game, good Lord, you got to try to be that bad. <laughs> Uh, Jason, you know, you've been very adamant about, you know, the play of Justin Fields and how he could be the top guy coming out of this draft. Well, so far, so good. Justin Fields looking great. Brent Martineau's on board here, my co-host. Um, you know, uh, I, we throw like Zach Wilson and then Trey Lance and return of the Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. Like, to you right now, is it just Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and those are the two guys that you got to go after and then everybody else is kind of secondary? Or do you see a guy like Zach Wilson, Trey Lance kind of moving up a little bit and be people a bit talking like, oh, well, this guy could be a first-round pick as well? Yeah, they'll they'll move up, but yeah. guys like so I've I've given everybody a really unpopular opinion over the last couple of years, but I'll echo it again, and that is if you're picking at the top of the draft, but there isn't a court anywhere in the first round, you see a quarterback, but you don't know if you love him. I mean, you think he's pretty good, and you really need a quarterback. Maybe he's the guy. No, if you don't look at the quarterback in the first round and say, oh my God, that's the guy I have to have. I will bet my house on it. I'll bet my family's mortgage on it. I'll bet my ability to feed. My family on this guy. If you don't have that level of, of pride in that person at quarterback, you don't take them. And the problem is 
Everybody gets so hungry. Look at the Giants. They were hungry for a quarterback. They made themselves fall in love with Daniel Jones. Like, you don't get married because you're afraid of being single. And I think that's what everybody's doing in the quarterback market. So, to me, if you got a shot at Trevor Lawrence, you got a shot at Justin Fields. Go back and watch the tape on both of those guys. If you got a shot at either of those guys, heck, yeah. You can take those guys and you can take it all the way to the bank and say, this is the one I love. I will fall in love. No, no different than what I said about Joe Burrow. I said about Joe Burrow coming in. He is going to be great because you watch his body of work in college, his year at college, I should say, at LSU, and it was absolutely insane to be a part of, right? I, that's the level of hype I think there should be around Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Everybody else is a crapshoot. And, you know, too often what organizations do is instead of taking the best player that could be there to help build a roster while they wait for a great quarterback to come to them, they press for a quarterback, and it sets the whole organization back five years. Yeah, I like the line of thinking. Yeah. Every week I tell, uh, I text uh, Jason Fitz, say, hey, man, it's hard to keep you so long. And then yeah. every week I keep my minute longer well, the, than the, we normally the, do. The guy makes great points. Like As far as I know now, like Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, they're like Tinder. Like, we just don't know. You, you know, it's, know. it's a risk yeah. out there. Yeah. All right. Jason Fitz. Yeah. You, you are, that's a great analogy, by the way. And, like, it could work out. Like, I, nothing against both those kids. Like, Heck yeah, it could totally work out. And, and, you know, as one of my buddies told me years ago, if anybody knew that a quarterback taken in the second round was going to be incredible, they'd have taken him in the first round. <laughs> if you, if you know, you know, right? Like, but again, to go back to Derek Carr, like if Derek Carr, if, if you, you roll the dice in the second round, if you hit, great. You've got somebody. If you don't hit, well, then, you know, that's fine. But in the first round, man, you got to be in love. He wears AirPods, works out with a Peloton, eats Cheez-Its. It's Jason Fitz, <laughs> 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN Radio. Thanks for joining us, man. Always appreciate you guys. Have a great week. All right, uh, that's Jason Fitz, uh, 7 o'clock to, tonight. Spain and Fitz, sounds like Spain won't be there. Fitz yeah. won't be there and uh, joins us every week. How about him? I, I, I thought we had Drew Locke with a check mark and the comeback. Hey, no way. I mean, are you still going to give Drew Locke the check mark or not? I, 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 did with it I, I checkmarked it first tricks? because I had already given it to him, and then I crossed it well, out. I mean, let's go over the numbers real quick. 248 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 94.4 QB rating. In a comeback drive, yeah, that was really dub. good. He got the dub. Yeah, I mean. Well, gotta, I do think, I, I, like, Fitz doesn't know our game like yeah, that yeah, we do yeah, it all the time, but yeah. I think he's kind of thinking long term. Oh, I got you. Know you. Yeah, I mean? yeah, That's for well. sure. Uh, but it was an interesting take yeah. on Drew Locke, for sure. Yep. By the way, we are losing guys here. Haskins is already out. Minshew's out right now. Yeah. Like Daniel Jones is never going to get a check mark. It doesn't feel like <laughs> because I can't even get it when he runs eighty yards because he falls over the eighteen because, yard line. Because he memed himself. Yeah. And freaking Kyler Murray's getting check marks. Say it for having a deep voice. Oh, having a deep voice and tell people to go vote. Brent, once again, either you get him two check marks or you say don't go out and vote. It's your choice. Gardner Minshew was in that campaign. Didn't, didn't give a check hey, mark to him. I, I didn't see him. He must have been on like the two o'clock a.m. the two a.m. slot because I didn't see him. I saw prime time <laughs> Kyle and Murray. We'll be back on ESPN six ninety. Austin Lane. I want you to put yourself in Leonard Fournette's shoes. Probably a little bigger shoes than you're rocking right now. Oh. Shocker, you're wearing sandals, and that's all good, though. Brent Martineau. Well, you, you are, you too. They're just like, <laughs> I mean, they're just like, look I like I might vans. as well be. I might as well be. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back here on a Tuesday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's called The Break from Election Day. Listen to some sports. Yeah. Hope you're doing well. Hope you voted. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes in and out today. Yeah. From the time we pulled in the parking lot to left the parking lot. 
Nice job, St. John's County. Props. Do you want me to share my uh, soil and water thing real quick, or should we have sure. to later? No, nah, do it. Right now? We've got a little time? Yeah, I will say this. As you set this up, Yeah. you know, there are, there are a lot of, like, the local races yep. and a lot of soil and water people yep. that I've, like, never heard of. Sure. And I'm not really privy to, so obviously I don't vote for that. Okay. Um, which I probably should pay attention to because at the local level, that's where you can make more of an impact, right? It's Your important. local folks. We all sit there and say, hey, let's vote for the president. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, so can 18 gazillion people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So your vote actually, it feels like it. I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like it almost matters more at the local level. It should. Right? But yeah. you don't really... Like, who is that guy? Like, I don't Correct. know, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen the ads, but I, I don't even know what they stand for. Correct. Shame on me. I exactly. probably should do a better job. Yeah. But I will say the, the you know, whether you can vote for the, um, you know, whether it's an amendment change or, you know, some of the issues. Yeah. And you can, it's like you're taking a reading comprehension test. <laughs> and they give you, you know, they basically, they give you a synopsis of it, what yeah. it means, like yeah. what it will cost, all those things. I'm like, hey, this is, I like that. When I left there, I felt much better about voting for those issues Absolutely. than I did about, like, the president. Now, did you know the, the amendments going in? I, I knew some of them. I think I knew, like, the minimum wage sure. mm-hmm. uh, amendment was up. But I didn't, honestly, I didn't know, like, all seven. I think there were six. seven or six, six of them. for us, yeah. Uh, so... I didn't know all of them. So there, you know, there's a bunch of websites out there, you know, to, to help voters and kind of break it down into a little more layman's uh, terms, which was very helpful. So like before I went in, I kind of had a list, you know, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, whatever it was over the course of the six of them. So I could just knock that bad boy out right when I got there. Well, that's a good idea. And by the way, that's probably what you should do. So you're a better citizen than me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. Sure. Uh, but I do like the fact that they explain it and you can at least have some idea like, OK, this is good or not good. Or mm-hmm. And I actually, in a way, feel like it's I'm not those issues. You're not like slanted by, well, that's a Republican thing. That's a Democrat thing. Right. That's just an issue, in my opinion, because I'm reading it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. One of the the other things that's you know a little complicated is like, should we retain this judge? You're like, well, I haven't had to stand in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, true. I thought, yes, he he hasn't invited know? me to his courtroom. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> he's a good guy or, or gal. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's male or female. That's bad, but yeah. So what do you got? You got the soil and, so, and water. So so listen. So yesterday on the show, um, I made a little wisecrack. Let's just call it about the people running for soil and water. How I didn't know anything about them, and obviously I was just like, you know, I I kind of made light of the situation. In retrospect, now in reflection, that was the wrong thing to do. And the reason why I say that is because somebody after the show reached out to me that is running for the soil and water, um, you know, one, one of the, I guess, representatives you would call, and uh, they kind of had a, a little dialogue with me. You really? Know? Um, and they got my attention. Now, let's be honest, Brent, and, you know, I'm going to look at the camera right now. I'm going to right, kind of like Joe Biden does. I'm talking to America right now, Brent. I'm standing right at the camera right now. I'm talking to America, everyone at home listening around the Trump road. Trump doesn't look in the camera? Not really. It's more of a Biden thing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So with that being said, hey, I'm sorry I didn't take the soil and water thing very seriously. Now, you know me, Brent. I'm a straight shooter. I can't be bought. But John R. Barnes followed me on Twitter, plus, and he's a fan of the show. So John R. Barnes is getting my full endorsement for soil and water. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, soil and water, what's the big deal? Well, I looked up soil last night. Turns out, cool thing about soil is that it helps plants grow, okay? And you know what, what bees need? 
They need plants to pollinate. And you know how I feel about bees, everybody, right? So a vote for John R. Barnes is a vote for bees. You know how passionate I am about that. And the water part. Brent, you have kids, right? I do. I have a child. You know what? You know what? They're made up of a majority of water. Fun fact. So think about your kids when you're making these votes for the, the soil and water group. Now, keep in mind, there's two groups. There's group two, which John is a part of, and there's group four. Group four is the posers, all right? Group four is the wannabes. Group two, like John's in, the heavy hitters, right? The ones you got to take seriously. So Are wannabes again, a type of bee? No, I mean, there oh. might be. Hey, <laughs> hey, Stuart, good one. <laughs> so needless to say, I, I get it right now. It's kind of late for an endorsement. Um, I understand that. But if you already voted for somebody else, feel free to go back to the polling station, reach your hand back in that voting box, pull your vote I, out, I don't, I don't and, think and then change it. it. No, it's, it's all good. I, hey, I, I ran it by everybody. Everyone's cool with it. <laughs> so go ahead and change it if you have to. And if you're in Wisconsin, just go ahead and put John R. Barnes, Duval Soil and Water, and it should be okay. Somebody, we just got suspended somehow or another, probably on this show. I don't know. For what? Let's, uh, let's, it's all had to do with bees at the end of the day. That's what I got out of this well, conversation. It had to do with, we were talking smack about the soil and water. Someone who's actually running for it was listening, and I apologized to them and say, you know what, man? My bad. I take it more seriously. Props to you. We appreciate you listening yeah. to the show, and good luck uh, today. Best of luck. Um, speaking of luck, you might need it, Sean, as he joins the conversation. Uh, <laughs> Sean, what's happening? Thanks for jumping in on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. How you guys doing, man? It's been a while. Um, question for you guys. Do you guys believe since Minshew, going back to the quarterback, I'm not getting to the politics with you guys. <laughs> uh, do you believe that Minshew, because of his injury, caused, caused the team those losses starting probably, I think it was back in Miami, because he didn't announce that he had the injury? And if so, I mean, do you let him back in because he might have caused you games? Yeah, it's a great question, man. Uh, thanks, Sean, for the call. Appreciate you jumping in on ESPN 690. Good to hear from you again. I, that's a really good question. There's two parts in my opinion. Uh, and I think you might have just asked it this way, but the way I interpret it is, okay, did he, because he kind of hid the injury, if the timetable is correct, which to be honest with you, I'm skeptical of, mm-hmm. because I'm skeptical, skeptical of all the communication yeah. here. It feels like something's up here. I, I just, it doesn't smell right to me. The whole thing is odd. I'm just being honest. Uh, yeah. I might be dead wrong, and sorry for even thinking that way, but this has been odd. And so I don't know. It, this feels like, hey, uh, he was playing bad, so let's date it back to the Houston game. And so, Sean, it wasn't the Miami game. They dated it back to the Houston game. Well, he didn't play well against Houston, and then he didn't play well against uh, what Cincinnati been after that. No, no. Uh, it was Miami-Cincinnati, so then Houston-Detroit. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Houston-Detroit, and then I didn't think he played awful this last game, but obviously some throws late in the game looked Whoa, something's up against the Chargers. So I think, uh, yeah, I think the injury, if he was actually hurt going back to Houston, I think it absolutely impacted them as a football team, him as a quarterback, receivers, and everybody involved in that offense. Look at their point production, 16 points, 14 points, 22 points. I know they scored 29, but one was on a block punt. So if you look at their offensive production the last three weeks, the timetable he was injured, according to them, Mm -hmm. then – Yes, it certainly impacted mm-hmm. what they did. The second part of that is, if you're Doug Marone, do you hold that against him, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what Sean's trying to say is like, well, do you say, listen, you, you hid this. You hurt the team. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, well, you got hurt. Can't wait for you to get back. Yeah. Hey, we're going to give these other guys a chance now, and we're kind of ticked off at you. Is there an underbelly that the organization is a little disappointed or mad at Gardner Minshew? 
I got to be honest with you, man. If I'm the head coach and we lost the last three games because you weren't 100% healthy and you didn't tell us, yeah, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Doug Marone, you hold that against Gardner Minshew. At the same time, I've been very adamant about this. I don't blame Gardner Minshew for what he did. And listen, I don't know what Gardner Minshew's going through. I don't know how bad the hand is and all that stuff. But you got to believe that if you have small fractures and some other kind of damage to it, it makes it hard to grip a football. So... A part of me wants to say if Gardner Minshew would have communicated earlier about the injury, not not say, hey, man, I got a broken hand here, I can't throw a ball, but maybe just say, hey, you know what, coach, like some of these deep balls, maybe let, let's tweak the game plan around a little bit, let's run James Robinson a little more, things like that. Like I think coaches can work with you yeah. with that, right? Um, yeah, you're still our best option. Exactly, right? but, but what you can't do is you know not say anything, go out there like you're supposed to be Gardner Minshew, the 100% kind of guy, and then have these overthrows, have these bad passes, make these bad mistakes, and things like that. That because, like you said, Brent, that hurts your team. So I'm not mad that Gardner Minshew took it upon himself to keep on playing because he's playing for his job right now, and I get that. But I am a little disappointed, I guess I would say, in the lack of communication where he maybe could have brought it to the forefront and they could have tailored a game plan around the injury. Where was the narrative formed, okay? And and we, we've questioned this at multiple times. Was the narrative that he got hurt in the Houston game, and this has been bothering him for weeks, formed be from somebody in the Jags organization because he's not playing well and he's their guy and given an excuse? Was it formed by his agent, who then obviously reported to Schefter and Rappaport over the last week and a half or so? And so then they built the narrative of, well, he's actually been banged up for a bit. Now, if you backtrack the poor play, that's when he's been banged up. Yeah. Now, they didn't include the Miami game. He didn't play well in that game either. But... I, it's just hard. Like I, again, I don't like. To, I like to believe people at their word, the face value. That's all we know. But this one just is kind of weird. Uh, the whole thing. And so, amidst that strange timeline, if I were his teammate, and it cost us potentially being better on offense, if I'm a coach and it cost us potentially being better on offense, yeah, I'm a little upset at the guy. Yeah, I have a hard time thinking it's it's the agent that's doing it just because I get it. Maybe you're trying to save face a little bit for future jobs, possibly. But at the same time, like to me, it does you nothing, right? Because so, so let's say, for instance, that Gardner Minshew is no longer the guy. Let's say he goes someplace else. Well, the agent's job is to p- portray the fact that hey, my 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 client, the guy that work, I work for, he was hurt. All right, like that was on him. Um, it wasn't always. I mean, it was on him, but it wasn't his fault because he had an injury. Like the agent is going to purvey that to every single team that he talks to. Stevens on the line has got a Justin Fields question. We'll get to it when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Five yards. They got the playoff. Gus Fields looking for the deep ball. Touchdown, Ohio State. Fields is going to take him there with his eyes, and then he goes back to the post route and delivers it beautifully. Justin Fields, man. Falling in love. Probably a dangerous thing to do. Don't get your hopes up. So it's up to lose some games, Brent. I actually feel like the Jags are going to be in position to get him. Yeah? That's my gut. My gut says I think the Jags are well, going to have a real chance at this. Like, I understand they have a real chance. They're, they're picking in the top three right now. I don't know if they're going to blow this one. I I just don't know if they're good enough, man. And now again, I be, you and me, me we disagree on Luton. I think Luton helps secure this spot. I don't think Luton's coming in here and winning the game. But you don't know that. I, I listen. That's why we disagree. Yeah. So you're like, if you're asking me how I feel about it, I feel like 
Mike Glennon could get you a win or two in a close game. I think Luton's going to make mistakes and, and be like, oh, my gosh, this is the NFL. Yeah. I think this is going to be – I think they are going to get – I don't want them to get crushed and it be a bad game. I'd rather it be an entertaining game like the Chargers. But I don't think it's going to be that entertaining. I think they're going to get hammered on Sunday. But don't you feel like – so let's say, depending how long Gardner Minshew's out for, then don't you feel like if Luton isn't the guy, they just go to Mike Glennon and you really lose nothing? So then you're back to Mike Glennon, and then you're back to, ah, does he win a game or not? Well, you are, but now you, you better pick your spots because Houston is a spot that you could win. Well, may, I mean, yeah. So is Glennon you, coming into play? Say that lightly. Is, is Glennon playing? Well, no, that you could win. I mean, there's only like three games that you could pick that they could win right now uh, if you're being sane. Okay. And, and maybe Glennon comes in to play the Ravens. Well, you ain't winning that game. Mm. Doesn't matter. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, man. Like, it's the NFL, though. Like, crazier things have happened, um, to be fair. Like, listen, Tam Bailman's got beat last night. I get it. No one saw the Giants even staying with Zemplins. And what was the spread of that game? Probably. Twelve and a half of that. Yeah, there you go. You know, like, no one thought that the Giants were going to make it competitive. The Giants made it competitive. Now, I, I agree with you. I think the Texans game is probably the one that they would more than likely win out of any other games that are possible here. But you never know. I think... I know you never. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, listen, I've I've watched enough NFL. I get it. Yep. You know they they can you can force turnovers. You can do. Hey, how did they beat Indianapolis? There you go. I mean seriously, how did they beat Indianapolis? There you go. So with that being said, once again, I think that if Luton isn't the guy, you go to Mike Glennon then, and you it is what it is. Like you, you have nothing to lose with gluten. Uh, uh, gluten, I say. Should <laughs> 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 we call him gluten? Do you call him Luke Gluten? Well, if both, if both Glennon and Luton play, Gluten. then we can call him Gluten. Gluten. <laughs> I like that. They got the Texans that's, got beat by Gluten. That's got. I mean, do we trademark that right now? We got to, right? I don't know. Gluten trademark word. All right, all right. I mean, the way you could spell it out too, like you know, G L. Uh, okay, uh, never mind then. I guess we're gonna let that money maker just go down the trash. It's right, or down the, down the toilet. In it. I mean, I've yeah, got like fifteen good. trademark requests Listen, already we, in. We've sent about twenty trademark requests on this show. I haven't done one of them yet, so I'm sure people out there are getting rich right now off our ideas. It is what probably it is. are. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, probably guys like Steven. Steven's on the line. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN <laughs> six ninety. What's up, man? Hey, not too much. How about you guys? Great. Hey, uh, I have a scenario, or I uh, want to ask your opinion, because once again, doing my due diligence on the mock draft or shop your mock. Oh, I can. Uh, Trademark. I, I, I have a feeling also as well we're probably going to get Justin Fields. That's the way I see it's coming. But if we're drafting that franchise quarterback, which a la Justin Fields can be, should we also draft familiar faces for him? Like Brent says uh, every year, Second round is our M.O. for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Why not take Chris Olave, his favorite target on the team? Then maybe fourth round, because we already know Pat and Pitts are getting taken early. Why not get Jeremy Ruckert, his favorite tight end at Ohio State? And maybe even, you know, a fifth round, or I, and I think we got rid of our sixth round. Get Master Teague in the backfield. Therefore, you have three familiar faces that he already knows what to do with these guys. He already has the connection with these guys to play. Stephen, appreciate the call. And um, I, I think that's an interesting concept. I don't think it happens. I, I, you got to really get lucky for something like that to happen. They've got to be there. I also don't know if those two guys I really care about that much. I mean, Olave's a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh 
Teague, yeah, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I get James Robinson here. He's going to bowl you over as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see uh, – I, I get the point of the conversation. Okay, I think this is a – this is – like if you're Cincinnati, do you do all you can to go get Jamar Chase? Oh. Because he played with Burrow? Well, you do it for two reasons. Because if he played with me at the quarterback spot, Jamar Chase is unbelievable. Sure. Right? Yeah. And he might be worthy of a top five pick. Well, the fact that he played with Burrow, too, might lean you, might, might say, hey, you know what? I like that now. AJ Green's getting a little bit older. So it's got to line up, is my point. It's, it's got to line up to be right. And so I don't, Justin Fields doesn't need to throw to Chris Olave. He can throw to DJ Chark. No, he, he's fine. Yeah. yeah, listen, I would rather have Justin Fields throwing to Kyle Pitts more than anybody. Okay. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I want. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't need him throwing to his own teammates with all due respect. Like, I think, listen, the, the guy's been in Ohio State for two years now. Right. So, like, yeah, he's got some kind of rapport there, obviously, but we're expecting him to be a lot more, a lot better rapport with the guys in the NFL for five to 10 years to come. Right. So, I'm not too worried about what, you know, communications, what kind of relationships he has in college, because at the end of the day, I mean, I don't call it coddling or anything, but you're being brought into a situation where you got to be the man with, regardless of what you have. So, and I think if you go with Ohio State guys, you got to actually draft up to get all those guys, and you don't want to do that. Uh, Jags have done it before. If you remember the Blake Bortles draft. A uh, a bit of a UCF love with Storm Johnson in the Storm seventh Johnson. round. Yeah, in the seventh round. Now I will say this though, like sometimes it can benefit, you know, because maybe Blake Bortles said something about Storm Johnson. Then right, like, hey, like he's, you know, check I, this guy yeah, out. I actually said about it. Well, Blake Bortles isn't here anymore either. So. I actually think they they did ask him about him. Like yeah. I think because that was a third day pick. I think mm-hmm. you know that that happens. But I, I actually think it might happen a little bit more on the previous year. Right. If if Devon Hamilton, do you think they asked Devon Hamilton about Justin Fields? They should. Yeah, they should. You know what I mean? He was teammates with him. what would benefit a quarterback more uh, getting drafted, bringing like his coach, like his quarterback coach from college to the pros or bringing teammates? Uh, coach, coach. I'm not buying all the guys you talk to in the locker room. They're like, oh, I love that guy. I love, oh, that guy's awesome. He's the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. Most people love their teammates. Sure. Especially if they're good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to give a critical review. Yeah. I got you. I no, would always I mean, go with a QB, with QB coach. Yeah. I got you. That's why Bengals should have somehow got Joe Brady. Yeah. Well, do, do they really need him, though? I mean, huh? I think Joe Burrow's doing just fine. He's doing fine. All right, we'll be back. Uh, best team in the NFL. Have we gotten to that yet? Let's do it next on ESPN <laughs> 690.